Hey, it's me. It's my day off today. Like, as in, no work at all today, which is kind of weird. It's like, I'm folding clothes, by the way, but it's good. Um, I won't have to notice myself folding clothes when I turn it. <sighs> Sorry, it's just like, getting it out of the bag is half the battle. Or probably 10% of the battle, whatever. Um, so I don't work at all, which is interesting because it's five and I'm like, mm, what do I do with my life? But it's good. It's good to rest and, um, I'm hopeful, you know, um, I put my two weeks in yesterday, which was great. Um, it's going to have an impact on my life because, um, that job really helped me with food during inflation um and it was pretty much four free meals a week um four free nutritious filling meals a week and i know diet is such a big part of like just a good life so i'm gonna have to work that out because uh, i'm gonna be at starbucks again um starting in a few weeks so I guess I want to make this episode about that and like what I've learned about life um, since I started, I guess, this podcast um, back in November or December. Um, sorry, I'm just a neighbor walking by. Um, what I've learned is that work for me. And I'm going to title this episode, Go Your Own Way, because I can't really tell you how to live. That's not my job. I can only tell you what's worked for me, and maybe there's something that resonates with that. But I don't expect you to follow everything I say, because I'm learning as I go. Um, one thing I'll say is that I feel like I quit my job because of this movement. That was going on with people quitting, and I'm glad I did. Um... But I want to let people know you don't have to. And you don't have to see the movement, the Great Resignation, as a means of thinking about why you should leave your job and why you should hate your job. But as a way to figure out if you're you, if you are your best self. Like, and I wasn't. And more often than not, I just felt terribly. So I had to leave. And it worked and it didn't work because... You go to a new place after you leave a place and you learn that that's not a good fit for you either. But I learned like it's not, it's not a switch that's just going to happen like a light, you know. You're not going to quit a job, get a new one that's going to be the best thing ever. Nevertheless, I learned that what I would do for work, not how much I gain from work, is what really motivates me and it's really important to me. Because your job... Depending on what you do, um, for sure, and depending on your age and your expenses and a lot of stuff, um, your job is where you put a lot of your time and a lot of your energy, a lot of your mental resources, um, which this day and age feel so much more limited. Um, I should really call my friend Phil. Well, I'll text him. I'm going to text him. And if I'm available for a call, then I'm just going to talk to him. Hold on.
Um, so I'm learning, you know, for me, my job is just, whatever it is, it's really important to me. And I'm going to be at two jobs. And one thing I really liked about my manager was she didn't rush to give me a ton of hours. She um, said, what about a few days a week? And then we'll see from there if you can handle more. And I really liked that because I wasn't... I, Um, I really wasn't thinking about balance. I was just thinking about work, income, um, survival, and that's good and all. But I realized, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with the pandemic, with the post-pandemic world, um, with finances, with security. But I will say today I'm employed, clothed, fed housed and I have to take it a day by day basis and I have to remember that I'm okay today and not worry too much about the future until it becomes the present and so yeah like that's just something I've learned is that work is important and that diet is so important my spirit or my soul or Where you really want something, 
You know, I feel like at my job, I think the breaking point for me was talking back to one of my managers and really realizing like this environment isn't conducive to my kindness and my personality. It just, when, I don't mean to like mansplain because that's not why I'm doing this. I guess it's, I'm talking in second person, not to feel like, or not to teach you, but to kind of explain how I feel about the job I have, or have, is that when someone tells me what to do, but they haven't done what I do, I get angry, and in my mind I think, what does this person know? And they have a different point of view. They're looking at it differently than, than I am as a worker. If they were to look at 
things as a worker in my position, it would make more sense to listen to me. But because they see it in the point of view as a corporate entity and hypothetical situations, then their direction is going to be different and they won't listen to my needs. And I'm realizing that that's not everywhere. There's a lot of workplaces where the person directing you to do something is is coming from a person that may or may not know what, they, what they're doing and how it relates to you and your success and the company's success. I feel like there are workplaces where your success depends on the success of the company and vice versa. But there are other places where it just depends on, on, on you listening to orders. And, and, and companies can gaslight you. Bosses can gaslight you. They can make you think like you're not doing enough. They want to make it a narrative about why you don't have your life together and they want to eat that and they want you to contribute to that in exchange for whatever benefits they do. And I feel like I'm, I can find more easily the whole gaslighting thing in the corporate workplace. Because you think about relationships or family relationships, but it's a workplace thing for sure. So that's why I say to me, you know, it's important that there's a difference between someone who wants to develop into a good worker and learn about you and guide you and ask questions to better help you and not just the corporation. You know, everyone has to be right? The shareholders, management, the employees, the consumer. And I feel like, at least, again, this is my opinion. I'm not an expert. But, is this what we're here to do? Sorry, I have to check once in a while to see if it's recording, because one time I did this whole big spiel, and then it wasn't even recording. Okay, it's recording. Um, so... Uh, I lost a good thought. Okay, I think I got it. Um, I feel like first and foremost is the consumer. That the consumer's needs are met. And that management thinks about this before everything else. Because I think when you take care of the consumer, everything falls into place. I just, that's what I believe. Um, So I'm not saying that consumers are bad. They're good. They're why businesses happen, you know? If there's no consumer, there's no, there's no hope anymore, you know? So, the con- okay, so first and foremost, like, take care of the needs of the consumer. What do they want? What can help them out, right? 
and again, maybe I'm biased because I'm not at the top, you know, and I can't speak for those people, but I don't think the successful company should ever start with leadership or the man or whoever's at the top or the board of directors or even the shareholders because I feel like the shareholders are consumers of a stock and a partner in the company but we're not serving the shareholders you're serving the consumer you're meeting the needs of a consumer that's why a business exists it's not to make someone rich that's a byproduct of the ability of a company to meet demands of the consumer and make a positive impact in their lives you know and how you see that you've done that is through the profits you make you know that's what I believe I think that's the the fundamentals of it but I'm not a business expert I don't know any better but I feel like if you start at the consumer and then you move up to the employer to who the consumer talks to and deals with that's where it has to start you know and again like a lot of jobs that's not how it operates it's management focused it's investor focused and i get it you know that's that's the thing with the with the discussion now with the the whole work thing and all that it's about um it's about the the interest of the shareholder and the thing about the ceos and how corporations are organized is that the ceo is normally the majority shareholder so when you talk about pleasing investors the you have to remember the investor the majority shareholder in the company is the owner of that company so when it comes to equity and stake stake in the company the person with the most ownership is pretty much the boss because every the profits that the corporation generates are going to the majority shareholder. That comes in the form of stocks, but it's also on the income of and value of the company. And that's really important because we forget that. We think, oh, the company's making money. Let's pay the workers. Really? Unless the workers own the majority of the company, they're just trading in their labor for time. So one thing I learned from this job I have now is that if my company makes 10 times as much this month as it did last month, I'm not recognizing those profits. The employee doesn't do that. And wages can increase if the employer wants to, but it's not a requirement. So the proportion of income that the company generates to the wages being paid can be arbitrary. And they're only going to pay a worker the market value of their employment. So that being said, it's important that you're in a company that rewards everybody when they're successful. And a lot of companies are just not like that, you know? You think about, and again, I'm not, I don't want to talk about slavery or anything, but you think about slavery and 
it's not the same. I think I talked about this in another episode. They're two different things, but I feel like when you're building in an economy where the costs of production are so low and the revenue is so large, you have to remember those profits don't go to the labor. With slavery, like the worker wasn't seen as a human being. They were seen as a commodity, not even as an employee. They were seen as an asset, um, a legal I don't know how to explain it, but they were seen as something that can be bought or sold, you know, that had value in a company um, or a plantation or whatever. And they weren't seen as, as human. They were seen as property. And so what I'm saying is if they weren't seen as property, if they were seen as partners and had better conditions, and were seen as humans because they are and were, that would have benefited everyone, you know? But it wasn't, it wasn't right what happened. So again, I'm not saying what this modern day looks like is slavery. I'm just saying that in my experience with working in companies and, you know, giving it my all, that won't necessarily affect your what you recognize. Um, and it's complicated. Like in the long run, yes, it will help you. Um, and a lot of companies do structure employment in that way. Um, but a lot of companies don't. Or a lot of uh, managers don't. And that's part of the struggle, I think, with the work thing. And I can't speak on the great resignation or whatever. But I feel like I don't know. Everyone's voice matters here, you know? Consumers, management. Um, employees. It's hard, you know? Like, I feel like a lot of this relative poverty, which is, like, not necessarily you earning a little bit, but you earning a little bit less. eviction where they don't have to worry about starving where they have access to a healthy diet I feel like it's interesting because my brother he travels a lot so he tells me that he understands how a lot of 
oh, this is like poverty when it's not that. But at the same time, you know, it's still an issue in the U.S. And I can't, I'm not going to be the one that points fingers, you know, and says, I can only speak on it. In my experience, everyone in Toronto has means, for the most part. Maybe there are jobs that really don't matter, or whatever. Like, I have my own opinion. For example, I think some jobs, I won't say which ones, because I don't really know, but I know I don't want to talk about them in the public, but I feel like they're just not that significant, you know? However, they deserve to make enough to live their lives. And again, it's complicated because you're essentially getting to the economics of supply and demand and the market. Because you can't really... Again, I don't know if what I'm saying is 100% facts, because I'm not an expert on the economy. This is kind of my intuition, but I think the supply and demand of housing and goods and services that people use operates differently on the supply and demand of labor. Meaning, I'm going to be paid for what I do at a market value, or at a rate that's according to the market, right? I feel like it is kind of complicated to give people that and at the same time have that be fair for everyone. Why? This is why. So, I work as a dog walker during the day and a dishwasher at night. And sometimes it, well, sometimes it's just mostly a bus. So, well, actually a lot of people bus in my I don't think it's fair that I make enough to where I can live in a mansion in Malibu and my rent is $500 a month. Because that's not, that's the rent at that place would mean that the mortgage reflects that and then the value of the land underneath and the property and the labor that leads to that home is worth my work. And my work is not worth that. And I get that. But at the same time, hold on, give me your water. I finished folding one over and I'm actually doing dishes or dish. should be able to live wherever they want no matter what job they do because those 
that goes against economic principles and just things that are out of our control, like the supply and demand of a given job and the skills required for that job, etc. So, it makes sense that doctors and lawyers and business owners of very successful businesses, corporations, whatever, live in certain areas and the value of those properties are higher than in other parts. But I feel like regardless of what you do for your job, you know, you're doing your part. You're really making a difference, you know? Whether you're an employee or an independent contractor or investor or business owner, well, it's complex, complicated, right? Because if you're an investor, a lot of that can be passive income. So it's, it's complicated. But we're all important, you know? Everyone has meaning. Everyone is, has value. We're, we're worth something. You know, by the library that I go to sometimes, there's homeless people out in tents, you know? And a lot of them don't have access to medical care or mental health care and are addicted to something. And their lives are worth something. But they don't have access to to live in in a good healthy way but there's a desire to and they're just kind of maybe lost or something happened to them i've never been in that spot and i'm very thankful for that but i feel like there are so many stories of poverty in the u.s that don't get told because you can't see them you know whether it's people hanging out hanging on a loose thread you know or people living out of their car. There's just so much of that happening. And hold on, text. I'm probably not gonna want to talk to my friend because I've I've talked so, so much here. Um, there's just so many stories of people who have to go without dinner, or um. Maybe you don't have running water. And it's hard to explain because I feel like there's so many ways of looking at it, you know, from this evolutionary perspective where it's like, okay, well, those people, it might be their intelligence or um, they might have a disease that affects whatever. And you don't want that to like survival of the fittest kind of thing. But I feel like If you're using that argument, then the environment should be the same for everyone starting out, just like it is reflected in the natural world. And the person, gosh, this is so complex to talk about. I'm probably just overthinking it and it's going to drain my brain. But I just feel like that argument is kind of garbage. Because you can't associate that. You can't associate good genes with income level, you know? 
there's probably an indirect correlation with it. But not everyone with good genes has a good life. Not everyone with whatever risk of disease has a bad life. I feel like what we as a people's is in our imperative to invest in is our social structure, is our system, it's education, it's healthcare, it's housing, you know, the foundation of everything, you know? But I mean, it's complicated because our society is so complex now and we're really at the helms of of the unknown. So it's hard. I don't know how I ended up talking about that, but I've learned that it's important that I'm myself. And I want to be around people who are who they are and aren't reciting from an internalized list of rules given by their employer because that's inhumane and there I've seen so many great people not sell out but become something else and it's very mean and nasty and I don't want to be a part of that you know that's where a lot of the struggle comes from with jobs it's just searching for job after job where the person is stressed out and is taking it out on employees or their managers taking it out on them and it's a trickle down of anxiety and I feel like it's just not worth it you know but I, I don't get it you know but I'm gonna work towards finding what works for me and keep you posted on that um Today I'm just going to go ride my bike and pick up keys for tomorrow for my job because I walk dogs. Um, so I'm excited about that. I might go see my mom today too. But yeah, I wanted to I wanted to let you know that 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 I'm moving on from that job that I got in uh, January. So we'll see what happens, you know. I trust my higher power. If I don't make it, I don't make it, whatever, whatever God wills, you know, whatever is in God's will. So, thanks for listening. I hope you're doing well. Take care. Goodbye.